Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We have a great story to share with you about an organization that reaches out to neighbors right here in the St. Louis area. You've heard us share about them before as well. Christian Friends of New Americans, and we have some great friends in studio today. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Stanish Stanley, his executive director of Christian Friends of New Americans. Welcome. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. The Reverend Dr. Alan Buckman, chairperson for Christian Friends of New Americans. Dr. Buckman, welcome. Good to be here. Thank you. And a friend you might recognize, familiar voice, Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Good morning. Always a pleasure. So we'll start with you, Dr. Buckman. You are familiar with the beginnings, the early beginnings of Christian Friends of New Americans, or as we call it around here, CFNA. Where did the idea for CFNA begin? It really generated at the time of the Bosnian influx of refugees. That was around the late 90s and the early part of the 2000s. I would, if you had a, a reach for a date, I think 2000 would probably be a good one. There was, it was coming to the attention of several people in Synod, at least here in St. Louis, that all these refugees were here and not too much was being done in a deliberate way to reach out to them. My wife, Carol, was instrumental in getting together with a few others. There were a couple of meetings at the seminary to discuss it, and it eventuated into a an effort that took its root, its formation at the Messiah Lutheran Church in the form of a, where there were some new Americans gathered already in the form of a dinner initially. They were all invited to it. This is a ethnic community that had migrated in from southern Nigeria. And on the registration form, they put their name, address, and then one more question, and that was, what do you need the most? And so there were maybe 60 people there, something like that. Yeah, it was a pretty good turnout. And after it was all over, we took a look at it. And the thing that showed up the most in that, what you need the most, was at that time computers or computer instruction. So a classroom was set up in the basement of Messiah Lutheran Church, and there were probably around 20 or so that would come to that pretty regularly. And that was the initial step in the formation of CFNA. It rolled forward from there. So what were those early years like? What did the mission really look like at that point? Well, it was, dis- it was discovery. It still is, of course. <laughs> but it was trying to identify, first of all, an ethnic community with whom we could uh, link among these all of these refugees that were here. And uh, then uh, secondly, to try to establish a link that could carry us into the community. And by God's grace, we were able to do that. So we didn't know exactly, precisely who that would be, but eventually as efforts rolled forward, uh, it became clear. And it, it sort of spread from there to a few other ethnic communities as well. One of the early ones was the refugees from Liberia and Sierra Leone. Reverend Dr. John Loom, who has recently passed away to be with our Lord, is, was a part of that. And he was instrumental in recruiting others from that community into the CFNA network. And by that time, we had moved down to our current location and were offering one of the first things, this after-school tutoring program, which which connected immediately. We had, uh, I think, we used to do it once a week to start with, and uh, we were quickly overrun. We would have 60 to 70 students in there some nights and maybe about 10 volunteers. You just couldn't handle it. So it had to be reset and reshaped, but that was maybe a, a first step. And from there, it just kind of went forward to East Africans and especially Eritrea and Ethiopia. And then the Nepali people started to show up. And there's a big response among the Nepali people that's with us until now. It's continued forward now to the Afghan refugees that have come in this year. A lot of connections have been made with them. 
and so we'll, and and the people refugees from Congo would be another part of that. So as I mentioned, it's been discovery. St. Louis has really been a a welcoming city for many refugees. What's unique about St. Louis that we get to receive so many refugees? I'm not sure, you know, precisely. This is all handled by initially by the United Nations. They run basically run these refugee camps globally. Wherever you've got an area of conflict, you're going to have a refugee camp, and there are a lot of them. And they run the resettlement program uh, through the various governments. And uh, they, in turn, the government agents will determine which in their country will get what. And so St. Louis is is recognized, has been part of this for quite a long time. And kind of a unique factor about St. Louis is that one one agency brings in everything here. It's the International Institute. And in other cities, you have two or three or four maybe but not here. So we have also working on a relationship with that agency so we can have a pretty good idea of what's going to be coming up. What are some of the relationships that have formed over the years with all of this work with refugees? You mentioned so many different programs and things that have been happening. What are those relationships that CFNA has been able to build? Well, there have been a varieties of relationships. I think that maybe the one that impacts the heaviest are relationships that have been established between these groups of refugees and LCMS congregations. And that's the one that matters most for us because we have a very basic model, draw bridge home, draw the refugees into the CFNA network, network, bridge them from no understanding to some level of understanding and maybe some level of commitment, but mostly some initial relationship and then move that relationship over to the congregation. In the last 12 to 14 years, there have been between 250 and 300 baptisms and confirmations among these refugee communities that we have, people from these refugee communities we've just referenced into about five or maybe six LCMS congregations in South City. And if I may take it just one step further, uh, this is very deliberate. And we're not just another social service agency. We have a destination for everyone, and that's the church. And that's the place for social, spiritual nurture, of course. But there's another key factor in here that people miss sometimes, and that is that, in our view, the congregation is the best reservoir of social capital you can find. If they can become part of that, the network from that congregation takes them right into the neighborhood and the community, and it really does facilitate their stay here. And the congregations in the St. Louis area that have really connected and partnered with CFNA to, to be welcoming and to, to connect with these families, the immigrants and refugees, to welcome them into their congregations and connect them to the word. Yeah, yeah. right. It's yes, beautiful. there was. Yeah, we were blessed that way because those congregations were led by pastors with mission vision. And, and they were committed to discovery too. You know, uh, we didn't have all the answers. We just felt that we had our hands on an opportunity and, uh, and that was good enough for them. And so we just worked together. Pastor Stan, tell us about how your family, you and your family got connected with Christian Friends of Manure Americans and why it was important to you. Well, it was important for me. And also the way, I, the reason why I got connected was in simple one word, it's history. So the, uh, I come from India and uh, the mission history of the LCMS is what, what is, runs in my DNA too because my people became Christians or Lutherans because of the LCMS mission from 1895 onwards till 1956. And so I'm a son of a Lutheran pastor. We were in Mumbai, uh, which is on the west side of India. The LCMS mission was on the southern part of India, but my father was a pastor in a diaspora congregation there. And so we always grew up. I never met any LCMS missionary all my whole life, but I heard a lot about it from my parents uh, who grew up in the LCMS mission in Trivandrum. And so naturally, becoming an LCMS pastor, uh, I mean, a 
IELC Lutheran pastor myself and coming to St. Louis Concordia Seminary for my graduate school, the mission history just continued within me when I heard about something like CFNA. So Christian Friends of New Americans, I was introduced through a seminarian friend and he brought me to an after-school tutoring class. And I had seen Dr. Buckman when I was a child and in, in maybe a young boy in Mumbai. He had come down as area secretary or something like that. And he was the, he and Dr. Now, if I remember right, they were the first big American missionaries that I ever saw through a window, in fact, at that time as a young boy. And so, so mission history, I, why it was important for me was I was becoming part of something connecting to that mission history when I got involved with CFNA. So it just, uh, you know, continued from there on. And I was offered the after-school tutoring job in 2013 at, at CFNA by Dr. Buckman. And that's how I then started continuing there. And it has, I used to engage with a lot of Nepali people who speak the language just like other Indian people, Hindi. And so um, so that just took me on a journey forward. And that became very important for me as, as a family of Lutherans from India to have that mission history continued here in uh, in the United States. I became a part of the LCMS mission history. That's what I felt. And so it just continued from there on. And ever since I've been at CFNA. That is a, such a cool story. So you guys have known each other for like a really <laughs> no, long time. I don't think Sir so. saw me in 1990 or whatever when, he, when I was speaking through a window. Because, you know, as kids, we are supposed to be nuisances for, for our Indian family members. So when yeah. the big people come to town, you're supposed to be inside your house. You're not supposed to be outside. So my father clearly mm-hmm. told me no coming out of the house. And so the, these were big people from America coming. And so <laughs> I still remember that very vividly, me climbing up a window to see these American guys <laughs> who were there. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yes. So what is the work of CFNA now? What, what's going on? Lots of exciting things happening now, too. Yes. Well, we've been continuing with after-school tutoring. Of course, it's all about uh, engaging new Americans, namely refugees and immigrants at our location, which is called the Peace Center on South Grand Boulevard. And it is all about connecting the American believer. It could be Lutheran church believers mostly because we that's our base. There could be others also, maybe people who are interested to come and serve at CFNA. It is about connecting those believers to new Americans who might know Jesus or might not know Jesus or have no understanding of who Christians are and what the church really is. And so we've been doing things like after-school tutoring for kids. We've been doing ESL classes for adults. We've been doing driving education for adults. Uh, th- those are very popular activities right now. The sewing program is another activity that is happening, especially Mrs. Buckman, that uh, Dr. Buckman's wife has been instrumental uh, in working alongside other American volunteers to make that happen. Um, and and whether it's a health and wellness screening that we do or whether it's a giveaway, all these activities are geared towards connecting the average Lutheran believer or the average Christian believer to in America to a new American who comes from a different culture. So in many ways, it is about Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It's about letting your light shine. So that new, uh, seeing your deeds and your actions and your words, they will come to know of our Father who is in heaven. And so that's what CFNA tries to do. We have been doing these activities. Of course, we've been very busy with a lot of Afghan friends ever since last August. A lot of Congolese, South Sud- people from Sudan also. And recently I met my first Christian Sudanese here in at the Peace Center after so many years. I've been working since 2012 or 13, so to speak. I never met a Christian Sudanese. It was always Muslims who were there. But I was kind of really thrilled to see see a Christian man come by and he has his family. They've become a part of our after-school tutoring program now. And so I look forward to building those relationships with uh, people who are who are basically persecuted for their religious faith or who have been 
you know, who had to leave or flee their countries for various reasons that they think are dangerous for them. We're learning about Christian Friends of New Americans right here in St. Louis. Our guest today, leadership from Christian Friends of New Americans and our president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with leadership from Christian Friends of New Americans. Our guest, the Reverend Dr. Stanish Stanley, Executive Director of CFNA, and the Reverend Dr. Alan Buckman, Chairperson for Christian Friends of New Americans, and the Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Before we went to break, Stanish, you were sharing with us some of the great things that CFNA gets to do today in terms of welcoming our neighbors through the partnerships of the congregations and things that happen at the Peace Center as well. I want to go back to kind of full circle here. The CFNA, when it started, one of the first events was a meal, gathering for a meal. Yeah. How do meals or food play a role in what CFNA does today? Very big. In fact, yeah, meal is a common denominator for people to kind of, you know, enjoy and relish, but also the fellowship and also the opportunity to kind of have conversations around a meal, around a meal is big. And it's a cross-cultural experience in many ways. So, because... Like, for example, if it's an Indian meal, it'll be very spicy and uh, very hot. And that might not go down well with the taste buds of Americans. But but everybody, for everybody, as Sir says, it's discovery. <laughs> so that means it's a learning experience in that way. And so that's uh, that for activities like we have a heart-to-heart Bible study that Mrs. Carol Buckman kind of leads. Um, and it's all about bringing food and having a conversation around a Bible study theme or, or a passage. It's led by American Lutheran Church women who, who do the Bible study, but it's the fellowship of eating Syrian food or Afghan food alongside American. And, and it's a special fellowship time. It's, of course, the taste buds might get a little dicey and spicy, but, <laughs> but overall, it's a time of fellowship and, and love being shared in Christ Jesus. And so, yeah. You've shared so many ways that people have been blessed by this work. Do you have some stories of people who... You can, that you can share with us about really the impact that this has made on specific people or families? Yeah. Of course, I'll let Dr. Buckman also answer that. But I know the larger picture is definitely the 225 baptisms or confirmations that have happened from at least 12 birth nations that we uh, that we can consider very special for us. It's about building up the Lutheran Church in such a way that it also brings in the revelation vision to bear upon their congregations. So it's about people from all nations and tribes worshiping the Lamb. The Nepali people is definitely the Nepali people and their congregate and their groups being in at least three Lutheran congregations in the city is a big a story to tell in itself. The African friends at Timothy are another story to speak about. But it's also about personal. If I were to talk about person personal change. At least one family that comes to my mind is the recent baptism in during the COVID period, 2020 in August, the Mukindi family. 
from the they just came to a to a health and wellness screening maybe 2016 17 if i remember right and it was just one of the ascension lutheran church volunteers who was driving them who asked the question hey do you go to church somewhere and the gentleman said no we are we don't go to church do you know of any place they had just been in the country maybe 3 months or something or 2 months something like that and so as it turned out if i remember the volunteer's name jamie fox he invited them to ascension on on that saturday when we had the screening the very next day they were at ascension that is on sunday he took them from the from their home and took them to ascension lutheran church it see it turned out that the pastor's wife speaks a little french these guys are from the congo speaks swahili and french so french was mm-hmm. a common you know meeting point and that started a relationship between this family and ascension lutheran it took time 3 or 4 years i would say they walked alongside in 2020 the wife and three of their kids got baptized the father was already baptized in the refugee camp so he decided not to do it but praise be to god two of the kids are at word of life the eldest son is now at lutheran south so that's a family that that has come to the lord and has become a part of our Christ, of the lutheran church just because one american lutheran church volunteer chose to ask the question do you go to church and also take them to the health and wellness screening at cfna so that's an example for me I don't know, Doc. Or to share something, go ahead. <laughs> well, a terrific example. There, are, there would be others. The uh, current issue of CFNA E News uh, carries an article. Where are they now? And uh, by the way, for those that might be interested in that don't receive E News, the website is is uh, www.cfna-stl.org, and you can sign on from there. And uh, this article has to do with Awit and uh, Bethlehem. They came to us about ten years ago. maybe a little bit more than that and they are from Ethiopia they are just kids like in the third and the fifth grade they got into the after school tutoring program but more than that we they also got into our scholarship program we haven't mentioned that but it's been a dynamic program for CF and it's on its 14th year and every year we scholarship 25 to 30 uh refugee kids into LCMS schools here in St. Louis uh, we provide a $2000 elementary scholarship and a 4000 high school and now some of them has been going long enough so that some of them are now moving along out of high school and beyond and uh, the mulats have finished uh, graduated from Lutheran High in Bethlehem uh, this, the uh, sister is also graduated she has a degree a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and now she's considering a phd in theology criminology her brother is in college and he has a major i think it may be in psychology but they have stayed connected to the lutheran community and they've been quite active in in various aspects of what of what we have to offer you know over the years another part of this has to do with something else that hasn't been mentioned but it has very much to do with relationships again and that is uh, the EIIT program at Concordia Seminary as these ministries were developing but Three years, I don't know, about four years ago or so, we spoke to some of them because they were having home Bible studies, and there are a couple of Bible study fellowships that formed at the Peace Center, and so there were these leaders in in you know these groups that were leading these Bible studies, but hadn't had much in the way of training. So we asked them, "Well, would you like to have a little bit more training?" And they were all ready for that. So we set up a pre EIT program at the Peace Center. I think we had six or seven enrolled. for them are or admitted into the program one is in his last year now his fourth year Levi Jeremiah he's got about one semester left and they are all for our status of vicars in the LCM he will be a certified for ordination and the other three which are all Nepali uh, Levi is from Eritrea and by the way interestingly enough he is one of the few that came to us as a Lutheran from the Lutheran Church in Eritrea His father and his grandfather both had been uh, members there I think his grandfather maybe been a founding member of the 
of that church when Swedish missionaries first came there. And they were caught in this upheaval over there and into a refugee camp and eventually into St. Louis. Well, he's been reaching out to, he speaks Konami, he's been reaching out to Konami people, not just in St. Louis, but all over the country. And has had Bible studies on a regular basis via Zoom with them. And he's got, you know, he's, he's prepared to be self-supporting. He's got about one semester left. And so it'll be very interesting to see how this model continues to develop. The other three are all from Nepal. Uh, they have two years left, but they have continued to work with their, in their Bible study fellowships. These fellowships have been set up as satellites of LCMS congregations in the city. And so that's a pretty dynamic relationship right there. President Harrison, you recently made a visit to the Peace Center in St. Louis. Tell us about your visit. Yeah, I was graciously asked to come down by Dr. Buckman, who's been a longtime friend. And I had some slight interaction, heard stories. We've provided a little grant here or there, but it was really past time to go down and take a look for myself. And it was just a delightful visit. Things that come to mind, well, look, Jesus sees the crowds and the text says he has compassion on them. And that's that great, deep compassion that is used in the Gospels about a dozen times for Jesus and also by John the Apostle for Christians who believe in Jesus. This compassionate heart is dwells within. And it, it was quite interesting. I was struck by the easygoing nature of the place, the respect for people, even the Muslims that were there, there was respect for them and trying to treat them in the way that they might expect to be treated with their cultural customs about how you shake hands and those kind of things. Common stuff that these immigrants need, like figure out how to drive, improve their English, how to get through the maze of government documentation, all that. It was a wonderful little time of fun for the kids on their entry into the after-school program. We were upstairs. They've Christian Friends of New Americans has a relationship with St. Louis University, so they send six or so of their social work students over to work with kids for some of their required on-site learning. So great opportunity for that relationship. And then attending the board meeting, it's all these LCMS people, you've got people who have come through the program themselves now on the board, leaders in LCMS congregations for welcoming. You have great folks financially and otherwise who guided the place. I got a look at the balance sheet and it's good. It's great. So it's just handled extremely well. Got to meet Pastor Stanish again in his context. So this is something that is really remarkable and something that uh, could be done virtually anywhere where the LCMS is. Connecting to congregations is gold. And that's what the mission is. It is not just speaking the gospel. It certainly is that. Without that, nothing. Connecting believers to a community, and we believe in connecting leaders to the best community, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod community, we have people who love you and a pastor to care for you. That is priceless. So, you know, I don't have much to add. The thing speaks for itself. And so I'm just proud to be somewhere associated with these guys and ladies who carry on this thing. It's extraordinary. Why is mercy work like this important today in our cultural context, in our society context? Why is this work so well, important? 
You know, it's thoroughly New Testament Christianity all the way. Paul's great collection for Jerusalem. But, you know, I think it's especially important in this political kind of powder keg we live in with such animus and the controversy over the southern border and those kind of things and illegal or non-undocumented, you know, there are two kingdoms here, you know, we operate in the kingdom of the left and we may have views about the safety of the nation and laws that should be. We also operate in the kingdom of the right and the church, Jesus says, who is my neighbor? And the answer is the guy that's in trouble next to you. In this case, we're dealing overwhelmingly with uh, refugees who have come in legally through government programs because they're in terrible shape in their country. So the gospel belongs to all people. And if we are not sharing the gospel with our neighbors as they come to us, I mean, shame on us. How can we even call ourselves Christians? It's of the essence of who we are as a church. How can we learn more about CFNA and opportunities to partner with Christian Friends of New Americans? Oh, well, as Dr. Buckman pointed out, always go to the website, w.cfna-stl.org. I must point over here that, that CFNA is an example, as President Harrison has been pointing out, about the Lutheran churches being connected to share the gospel with others, especially our new neighbors. And uh, last year was an example of that for CFNA, especially because when the Afghan refugees were coming in, various Lutheran congregations came together, blessed us with funds. They did a fundraising in October here in St. Louis. The Lutheran Foundation played a, an important role in in matching that those funds. And so various ways by which you could uh, you could still support us is, of course, prayer. That would be great. We want to witness to our new neighbors. You could start a ESL class in your church if you want, that, or a sewing circle for women. That is possible, a way for churches to be involved and reach out to the new neighbors. Or you could come down to the Peace Center on South Grand Boulevard if you're okay with the city and South City especially. Meet dog Mrs. Buckman and her team of ladies. Maybe come and join our heart-to-heart Bible study and engage with an Afghan refugee or for that matter, a Syrian refugee woman and share about faith and also about the topics that interest women. That is a way to even witness to Christ to them. But all these things also culminates in something called as friend of family that we've had, just a new activity that has been started. It is about forming groups in churches that would walk alongside a refugee family, especially Afghan families in the current case, but also others who are coming in, like the Syrians, the Congolese, the Sudanese. A blessed way of sharing Jesus and uh, and knowing about the struggles of refugees, but also sharing what Jesus means to the believer as well as to them. CFNA-STL.org. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Alan Buckman, chairperson for Christian Friends of New Americans. Dr. Buckman, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having us. And the Reverend Dr. Stanish Stanley, executive De- director for CFNA. Thank you. And the Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. Thanks so much. Thank you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.